Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, the Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is a special one because we know Keith loves the Ahsoka book, right? Right. But the book that he loves second the most, <laughs> second most, is called Adventures in Wild Space. Right. Right. Okay. It's a series of books. There are seven books in total. Four are written by Kevin Scott. Three are written by Tom Huddleston. The illustrations are by Davis Buzan and cover art by Lucy Ruth Cummings. Right. The first book was published in 2016. Last book was published in 2018. And the timeline, it takes place between The Bad Batch and Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that's around 18 to 16 BBY. Okay. And then we're also going to go into how this Adventures of Wild Space series ties into the High Republic and Rogue One. Right. And Star Wars Rebels. Right. All right. Okay. So let's begin. We'll start with book one called The Escape, written by Kevin Scott. Let's talk about the Graf family. So Lena is 11 and she is the daughter. Milo's the brother who's 10 years old. They have a pet monkey lizard, a quacky monkey lizard like Salacious B. Crumb. His name is Mork. And they have a droid named Crater and their parents are Rissa and Oric Graf. Okay. Can we stop and talk about Crater a little bit? Let's describe what Crater looks like for our listening audience yeah he's he got he's had the head of a protocol droid the torso of an astromech arms for a protocol droid i think yeah right interchangeable tools and a pro droid base right so he's like a quote pet project right so his head it reminds you a little bit of c3po but yeah it's actually an illustration there's this artist back in the day called ralph mcquarrie who actually created a design an original design for c3po and I, I really think that this design for Crater is an inspiration for that. It right. does look kind of the same. Right. So, right. So it has that head of, uh, of a, a, a protocol droid, and then the body of an R2-D2 unit, right? And then the legs are shaped like an Imperial probe droid, right? So it can float. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Now, the Graf family. Let's talk about the connection with the Graf family and the High Republic. In the book, Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland, which we did review, uh, please check that out. Uh, the Graf family is a very wealthy family and they made their fortune creating hyperspace lanes, right? right? So this Graf family are descendants of Xylan Graf and his grandmother. So the story that took place in Out of the Shadows is more than 200 years ago. So now, many, many years later, this is the Graf family now. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, Rissa and Arik, who are the parents, are described as interplanetary explorers, cartographers who spent the past 15 years producing maps of wild space. So that means Lena and Milo were literally born into this life, right? Uh-huh. They were born on the Whisperbird. Whisperbird, which is the it's name their of their ship. ship. Okay. All right. So the book begins when a family lands on an unknown planet. Milo is missing, and Lena and Crater go out to find Milo in a land speeder. Right. 
but it takes a turn. Lena gets attacked by creeper vines. Creeper vines. Well, yeah, they actually seem kind of like the Drenger from the High Republic. Right. Another reference to the High Republic. Okay. Uh huh. But luckily, Mort throws her her fusion cutter and she's able to cut herself down. Okay. Now, did we talk about Mork? I'm going to go back. Now, Mork is a quacking monkey. Yeah. Okay. Quacking monkey. Which is similar to the monkey in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Salacious B. Crumb. Salacious Crumb. Okay, good. All right. All right. So now Lena and Milo return to the camp and realize that their parents are missing. Right. All right. They find a hollow recorder that shows them that their parents are being questioned by Captain Corda of the Imperial Navy. Mm, he's kind Corda. of a creepy person because he's got a robotic jaw and a cybernetic eye mm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it looks like the Empire has found their parents and has taken them away, held them captive. Okay. Right. And Lena and Milo need to find them. So it sounds like the stormtroopers and the Empire are still there on the planet. They're huddled in this cave and they're having a conversation right. and they spot Lena and Milo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They managed to get into the cave, but the troopers are firing at them, so the cave collapses with Lena, Milo, and Crater inside. Mm, okay. And Mark. Okay. All right. But they did manage to escape. Right. Okay. So they take the Whisper Bird and they fly out. Okay. All right. So they they've left the planet. Corda has also left the planet, right, on an Imperial shuttle with their parents. So their parents are captured and they're gone. So now they're on this mission, Lena and Milo on this mission to find their parents. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that's book one of the escape. Let's move on to book two called The Snare, also written by Kevin Scott. Right. All right. So, so now after making some repairs to the Whisper Bird, Lena and Milo travel to find, uh, they travel to the planet Thun to find this person called Dill Pexton, who is a Sullustin. And a Sullustin looks like nine num yeah and ten num from return to jedi exactly okay all right so then what happens then so dill is who is dill let's just describe who dill is well dill pexton is the agent who works for orc erissa he helps them find planets and wild space to go to and then he helps them sell maps mm-hmm. he actually put them on the radar of the empire okay. and that's he's kind of the reason why they got captured Okay, yeah, so let's explain that. So once they get to Thune, they receive a hologram message from Dill, right? Dill apparently is going to help them because they've helped, Dill has helped their parents in, in, in the past. And Dill says, yes, I can help you, but what I need you to do is meet me in person, you know, at this location, and bring Crater, the droid, with you. Right. And Lena arrives, but when when Dill realizes she doesn't have the droid with her, he starts to lose his temper. Right. So that's interesting because when, you know, Dill told her to bring the droid, Lena was a little nervous about that. You know, she was a little unsettled. So what she decided to do was to go by herself. Right. And then when she got to the office where Dill is located and Dill realized that the droid was not there, he got angry. Right. And he got angry because... Well, it turned out he was working with the Empire the whole time. How about that, Captain Quarter? He Corda. wanted the file so he could sell them out. Mm, so Captain Quarter, again, from the first book, appears. Right. Okay. Now, meanwhile, Milo is back on the ship. And Milo is, you know, he's a young, you know, young boy. He loves nature. He loves 
knowing about plants and animals of different planets, okay? And he found this animal in a jar, right? A hornet. Uh-huh, in Sidhuni mm -hmm. and Right, so it's a it's a, a hornet from Thun, right? Right, right. and he does the fly trap set. Mm -hmm. You put sugar in a jar, and then you try to attract the fly with it. But the, the quote, fly in this sense actually sent out a signal See, the warts on its back are colored, so it changed the colors and sent out a signal to signal its brothers and sisters, assumedly. Hmm. Wow, interesting. Okay, so now Milo gets a message, a hologram message from Captain Quarter, and Quarter says to Milo, I have your sister, right. and if you don't want to see her hurt, you need to meet me at the Merchant's Bridge in 30 minutes. Okay, right. all right. So Milo gets to the bridge. And so now we have a, a you know a little bit of a standoff on this bridge with Milo and Mork. But luckily, Milo had a plan. He did have a plan, right? Uh-huh. And then once they got to the bridge, and then you know, Milo was there, and then also Lena with the Empire, something happened. Yeah, what Milo did was he signaled an entire army of war hornets to fight the Imperials. Mm -hmm. And during all the commotion, they escaped. And we saw the first ever boat chase in Star Wars. Okay, now that's interesting. Now let me get back to that because we, we talked about that, that hornet. When he found that hornet, that was a, a setup for something that was gonna pay off later. Yeah, set up, set up a payoff. Set up a payoff. Now, Crater, you know, he's a very intelligent droid. He was actually able to create the sound of these wart hornets, right? It's a shrieking sound. So what he did was when he when he thought the time was right, he created this shriek and the sound brought all these hornets together and started attacking the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers just started right, to run. Right, it was awesome. Right, and then- They're, they're all trying to, to get the wart hornets away. Yes. And then my little leader are trying to run to the boat Mm -hmm. But then Quarter starts chasing them on a speeder bike. Okay. It's an action-packed scene. Yes. Now, can I say something? Because this is actually my favorite scene in this book. So I'm a James Bond fan, right? And it reminds me of a James Bond movie called The World Is Not Enough. It came out in the 90s. There is this spectacular boat chase that took place, right? And I'm thinking, okay, now we're talking James Bond and Star Wars. They don't normally go together. But in this case, they did. We have never seen a boat chase in Star Wars, right? Right. Right. So I think it would be awesome if we were to see that. Because then, you know, in my head, the visual is you have this boat that's speeding in the in the river, and this TIE fighter is coming after them, you know, and dropping blasters and they're exploding in the water. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're um, firing blaster bolts at them. Yeah. So I shots. I would love to see a boat chase in a Star Wars film. I think that'd be awesome, having a TIE fighter chasing after them. It would be cool. It would be cool, right, okay. Well, all right, so then they managed to escape the Empire, they get back on shore, they crash the boat, they get back on shore, they get on their ship, and then they escape. And then Quarter loses track of them as well. Right, they get through the blockade safely. Okay, so now they're off on their ship, going to their next location, 
And then what's the very thing that happens at the end of the book? Darth Vader happens to show up in the book. What? Darth Vader shows up in the book? All right. Yep. Nice. Okay. So Captain Quarter, we know he works for the Empire. He gets a hologram from Vader himself. And Vader is not happy. Yeah, he wanted those files. He wants and Quarter came up empty-handed. Exactly. He wants those files from that droid. And he didn't get it. So there you go. All right. And now that's the end of the book. Okay. Yeah, and now we're in the next book. Okay, so let's move on to the next three. book called The Nest by Tom Huddleston. So the Whisper Bird travels to the planet Zurl trying to find the source of a signal they track. But when they land, they don't see anybody. The only thing they find is a ship that's in bad condition. It's been attacked by an animal. There's claw marks, exposed wires, and one of the wings has been completely detached. Hmm. So, when they, they actually run into some bounty hunters, because mm -hmm. that are Corrin and Bort. Apparently, they own the planet Zurl. Supposedly, so, they own the planet. Okay. Yeah, supposedly. Right. I don't know if they really do own it. Mm -hmm. And Gozetta has this plan. She's trying to catch this big beast that's that's been prowling her planet. So, she uses Lita and Milo as the bait to draw him out. But while they're inside the cave, they meet two people, Sata and Megan. But they also end up awakening the beast, so they have to run really fast to evade it. Okay. Can we tell us tell everyone who Sata and Megan is? Yeah, so Sata is a tech expert hmm. who works for Gozetta. Okay. And Megan, I believe, is the animal specialist. Absolutely. Okay, great. Okay, and then what happens? So all of them get to the ship. But the big creature follows them, and Milo has a big plan. He collected some of the goo from the stinkers they saw, and he realizes that they're related. So his theory was that, like most big bees, this one would choose smell over sight. And if he smelled the stinker goo, he'd just think that he's just running into some of his, I don't know, brothers or something. So the plan works, and luckily, they nearly get to the ship, but Crater has to distract the beast for it to work. But it gets kind of beat up, and it, <clears throat> it reminds me of that scene from the Avengers when Hulk beats up Loki. <laughs> and I will not be bullied by that! okay <laughs> and then what well after that they all manage to get on the ship and take off and Sato tells them that the signal has actually come from the planet Lothal okay let's get back to that signal that's very good so the signal they they've been hearing communication from someone who was speaking up against the empire and Lena and Milo expect okay if they're against the empire these are the people they want to get involved with. They want to partner up with. They thought the signal was coming from Zero, right? right? But it's but actually the coming from. Signal's been scrambled, right? But we find out that the signal's actually coming from Lethal. Lethal sounds familiar. Yeah, that's yeah. where Ezra's from. All right, all right. Now that moves us into Book Four, The Heist by Kevin Scott. Now the crew gets to the planet Lethal, right? And they find the source of the signal, right? right. And they meet Chicago 
the Sicatro. The Sicatro. Okay, tell us who the Sicatro is. Because he's a member yeah, of the Rebels. Or he's in the Rebels. Okay. Yeah, he's in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. He was actually, like, the Rebels were selling him things. But anyway, he works at Twin Ward Storage. So he delivers Lena and Milo there to his boss, Rasko Dodd. He shows Lena how to properly track the signal, but in return, he takes Crater's head. Mm. Just kind of freaky. Just he takes it right off. Yeah, he put it in his antique collection. Okay. Of course, he's too lazy to get up, so he had his IG 7D droid. Just take it right off his head. A bounty hunter. Yeah, IG 7D is basically like IG 88 from The Empire Strikes Back. And then there's also this Rodian named Rom, who's a Greedo. Right. Similar there's a lot of similarities to the original trilogy. Yeah, I like Since that. Rasko dies in Mont Calamari, he looks exactly like Admiral Akbar. Right. So, very uh, species that we're very familiar with. Right. right. Okay. But after they get kicked out, Lena and Milo run into a lady named Charlotte Mondotha. She offers them a free meal and they tell her everything. And they come up with the plan. One, Shala is going to deliver a crate full of Wakazan beetles, which are used to cook. Two, Lena and Milo will be inside the crate. They will get out and set up an alarm. Three, they'll find the head and get back into the crate. And four, Charles will come in and say that she heard there was an alarm and that she wanted her stuff back to keep it safe. And then Lena and Milo would be able to escape. Wonderful. But it doesn't work the way it should. They have they narrowly escape. They don't have enough time to get back. So when they get out, they go back to trace the signal and find Mira and a frame Bridger are behind it all. As her parents. Yes, okay, let's stop and talk about uh, the Bridgers. Okay, yeah. now, in the first episode, let's, you know, we're gonna talk about Star Wars Rebels a little bit. In the first episode of Rebels, right, we meet Ezra, he's about 16 years old. Yeah. Right, and at the time, we didn't know the fate of Ezra's parents, right? Right, so they were just they were dis right, They disappeared, okay? And we have no idea whether they were still alive. But this book, you know, they are there, and we know a little bit more about them. Right. Right? So they were the ones that was actually sending the signal. Exactly. Okay. All right. And then what about the big reveal? Let's talk and about that. the big reveal is that there's a dangerous bounty hunter prowling around the doll named The Shade. And Milo recognizes the photo of the Shade ship. The Shade is none other than Shalav Mondatha. What? Really? That nice woman who actually made them a hot meal, right? Yes. Who they trusted and they gave all this information about what they went through and told her all this information and she's using it against them and she's actually a bounty hunter? Yes, yeah, she's the Empire hired her. Wow. Okay. So, sure enough, Shala shows up to take the kids, but luckily the bridges are on their way. Oh, these kids can't catch a break, huh? Okay. I know, right? Wow. If it's if it's not Imperials, then it's a boat chase. If it's not boat chases, then it's untrustworthy aliens. If it's not untrustworthy aliens, it's bounty hunters. And if it's not bounty hunters, it's a huge beast. Yeah, I mean... It's a lot. 
Yeah, it's, it's I would not want to live their life. It, it's so unfortunate. You know, these kids are very young, you know, so, you know, they want to, right. They want to be trustworthy to adults, but some of these adults are just not, they're, you know, they're, they're not really for, for, for these kids. They're not looking out for these kids' best interests. They're looking out for their interests. So unfortunately they're just finding themselves in, in deep trouble. Yeah. All right. But as you say, luckily the bridges are on their way for help. And then that ends uh, book four. First four books. Right. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about regarding this series? Anything you'd like to say about the series? Well, actually, I'd like to say that my mom put it on, put me on to it. She got the audio book for the first three. Yeah. And I've loved it ever since. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Shout out to mom, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Wow. That's great. Do Is there anything else you want to say? Well, it's kind of nice to see somebody about, around my age having awesome adventures, like in Race to Crash Point Tower. That's a good point. Right. You don't see too many kids leading series or leading stories packed. and is action packed. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Okay. All right. Well, there we have it. The first four books of Star Wars Adventures in Wild Space. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. And yeah. like you said, you read these books more often than I did. Yeah, my dad's only read each one once. Yeah, right. So I'm actually, you know, trying to catch up on these books. So this is fantastic. And I've I'm, read them like a million times. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you actually um, told me about these books. I, I love them. They're wonderful. Okay. They so, do, right? Yeah. All right. So there it is. That's the first four books. This is our episode. Um, like we said, there's uh, seven in the series. So five, six, and seven will be featured in an upcoming episode. Exactly. All right. Keith, where can people find us? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. All right. We also have a website under fatherlandsandgalaxy.com. So please be sure to check that out. All right. Thank you very much. So until next time, Take care and we will see you again.